Events for Breakfast, your go-to guide for advice, top tips and events industry insights. My podcast is delivered in bite-sized chunks to help you digest information and expand your events expertise. Hi everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Events for Breakfast podcast. I'm Kelly Frew, your podcast host, and we are rattling through this season, aren't we? We are coming to the end, actually. We've got just a couple of episodes left, and I've really enjoyed this season. Hearing from you guys, talking to all the different people that we've had on the podcast series this this season. So, yeah, it's going to be a bit, bit strange to take a little break, but we're going to take a break for Christmas, and we will be back in the new year. But we're not going anywhere just yet. We've got a couple of episodes left. And this week, we are going to be talking about the importance of charity events. Now, charities have taken a real big knock in the pandemic. And I really wanted to cover this subject because I do think it's a a subject that we need to just raise the profile a little bit more back in the events industry and remind each other and everyone why charity events are so important. Now, the lady that I'm interviewing today, I met a few years ago when she was starting out on her journey in the events industry. And this is Eleanor Mather. And I knew her as Eleanor Harding, but she luckily got married this year. So congratulations, Eleanor. Now, Eleanor was, until very, very recently, the senior events organiser for Age UK. And she has been doing a fantastic job in the events industry, looking after charity events. And I wanted to talk to her and find out why are charity events so important? And she is definitely the person to take us on this journey to understand. So without further ado, let's go and meet Eleanor now. Eleanor, welcome to the podcast. I'm so pleased you have joined me today. Hi there. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, we met a couple of years ago, didn't we? And um, we were just reminiscing there and, and catching up. And it's really nice to have you here after sort of knowing you and knowing your background for a couple of years now. And um, what I'd like to do, because I do know a bit about you, I'd like you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, how you got involved in events and, and just a bit more about you, please. Yeah, so... So I graduated back in, um, back in 2012 with a degree in English and I finished university. I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. I mean, like a lot of people around me knew the path they were going down and I just didn't. So <laughs> what I did know, though, is that I wanted to move to London. So I got a job at the Royal Opera House being an usher, um, which was very different and something very interesting. But I yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, but as part of that, I got to work at some amazing events. So the BAFTAs, the GQs. Um, all those big events but I was directing people to the toilet which wasn't the glamorous part (laughs) and I remember standing there thinking I can see people with headsets I can see people running around making these events happen how can I get to that point and so it took me a bit of time and the way I because I was sort of trying to live in London and living down there the way I started getting into events a bit more was volunteering and um, there were some great opportunities so this is where sort of charity events really stood out for me because the way that I got into events, not easily, but relatively easily, was through applying to adverts for volunteers for charities. So I did various different things and some local Santa dashes where I was helping out at those and um, with local charities. And then um, Teenage Cancer Trust, they do a big series of events at the Albert Hall. So I went there and I was sort of holding buckets to get money. But when you're doing that sort of volunteering, you start asking the people who work there, 
right, how did you get here? What do you do? Um, and started meeting more people. And it was actually at a Shine Night Walk for cancer research where yeah. I'd gone and I was volunteering. And the buzz I was getting from being there, that I was at the start site and we were setting it up ready for all the walkers. And it's very emotional. You yeah. have to have waterproof mascara to those sorts of events. Mm. But it was incredible. And the buzz I got, and I remember there were some people there who were saying, oh, we work on the summer programme for cancer research. And I vividly remember saying, I want to do that. How do I get there? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I applied for that and I got onto that. And it's a really good scheme. I think they still do it. Um, where basically they get events and um, people that are really interested in events to come and join their team for the summer. So I was really thrown into the deep end. Um, bit scary but it was fun and yeah. um, so you do events at sort of Regent's Park and things like that and you're managing the race so checking for all the risks and everything around the route or you're briefing volunteers that are helping or you're sort of manage start finish site so I'd never really had any practical events experience but I got thrown in and started doing that and I loved it <laughs> I just loved that buzz um, so yeah, so I started doing that volunteering and then from there I decided, yep, I want to be in events and I, I like charity events. And, and to be honest, I didn't actually know much about the wider events industry at that point. Yeah. I just saw this path for me and thought, I'll go for it. <laughs> um, so I applied to Age UK, which is where I am now. And I think what really hit me there is the first event they asked me to do was a conference event. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, I've only done like challenge events. How on earth am I going to do a conference yeah. event? But actually, I think you start to realise that things cross over and I was learning a lot from everyone around me. And now I've been there for four years. I've done all sorts of different events. And that's one of the greatest things about working for charity as I've been involved in so many different styles of events. Um, but I will always be grateful to those volunteering opportunities because they they got me where I am now. <laughs> oh, I'm really pleased that you've called those volunteering opportunities out because they they are so crucial, aren't they? Um, and especially like you, when you went to London, where the competition is rife and there's so many people trying to get these roles within the events industry. And if you're going in, like you say, with the English degree and you're thinking, OK, where, where am I going to go with this? You know, yeah. just giving up a bit of your time, you know, it added so much value to your experience. So so pleased you called Absolutely. that out. Yeah, and I, I think it's all about asking as well. Like, I know there's always, if you don't ask, you don't get, but that yeah. is so true. Like, if you're interested in what someone's doing on their role, and especially when you're volunteering and you're setting up some scrim or you're, like, doing something, if you're chatting to the person at the same time saying, so how did you get there? People want to talk about that, and yeah. that's where you learn the most, I think. For me, that definitely was a real learning opportunity, just to give a few hours and just ask questions. <laughs> Completely. And um, not that you're selling yourself short, but you've not quite finished your journey, have you? Because, you know, you've done some wonderful things around being a mentee on quite a big programme. Is it you were 30 under 30, things like that? Talk about those things as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I was at AGK. And one of the things I would say about where I sort of got from volunteering was I ended up in AGK and I suddenly thought there was an industry for what I do, but I'm not really connected to it. And I, I sort of knew the skills I had, but I didn't really know that I was an event professional, which sounds silly because I had event coordinator in my job title, but I felt very removed from the industry. Yeah. And I remember just thinking, okay, so I've got to this point and I got a promotion quite quickly within my role there. And I got, I moved into a, a slightly senior role there, but I was like, but other than my little team, I have no idea what's happening in the events industry. So I asked around my colleagues and someone suggested fast forward 15 and that for me has just opened so many doors because I felt quite removed from the charity sector and I was like no one around me necessarily wants to talk about events they're yeah. all talking about fundraising <laughs> which is great but all of a sudden it was like literally this door opened and it's like 
oh, I'm an events professional. And it gave me a title to hold on to. <laughs> and I met so many wonderful people like yourself at the events and just doing, but so many people that are in, inspirational within the industry who are doing things. And that makes you, I think, or made me want to learn more and want to be involved in more because I suddenly had this realization that it was this exciting industry out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I was a mentee. I had my De- um, Deborah Nightingale was my excellent mentor. And she, I remember we had some funny conversations where I was trying to get my head around the industry and I was writing diagrams. I was on my floor drawing diagrams of the industry because I just so wanted to be immersed in it because I had felt quite removed. Yeah. And I, I think that's quite common in charity events. I think sometimes you don't necessarily, and maybe with corporate events as well, sort of teams where you feel like you're in a company that doesn't really focus on events. So yes. you feel quite to one side. So all of a sudden I was part of this mentor program and I was meeting all the mentees and the, and the fellow, men, the other mentors as well. And it was just all of a sudden this big door opened and <laughs> had all these opportunities and yeah, sort of grabbed them with both hands as much as I can. Um, and yeah, I was really lucky this year to be named one of Tomorrow's Talents, um, 30, um, 30 under 30, I think is what it is, Tomorrow's Talent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe change Tomorrow's Talent. I should probably learn that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's been, again, amazing opportunities that I've had. And it just really gives you the confidence. I've never been a massively confident person saying this is what I do. It's like I've never been like that. But doing these mental schemes and sort of this award has really helped me to get that confidence in the industry to suddenly be like, yes, I am an events professional. <laughs> Good. And I can see I the confidence. Yeah, the confidence in you now compared to when I met you a couple of years ago. I can see it. And, you you know, you yes. say that with conviction. Now you are an events professional. You've won an award, you know, so you're doing superb. Now, um, I'm going to tap into your expertise around charity events now, because some of our listeners may be like me, come from the corporate world or the agency world, where perhaps we've not really been involved in too many charity events. So I wondered if you could talk to me about, you know, obviously within a charity event like you say there is the, the the transfer of those skills you know we all know how to kind of do an event and we can yeah. we can transfer across sort of divisions or departments or different um from exhibitions to conferences but what are those real key things that we need to think about as an events professional if we're looking after a charity event that's a very good question <laughs> So I think with charity, one of the, a couple of the main things with charity is that obviously money, I know that in um, all events, money is always tight, but in charity events, it's about making sure that you are spending the money in the right way. And I think that is really, really key and being really transparent with how you're spending the money. And obviously there aren't huge budgets and you're making them stretch as much as you possibly can, which again, a lot of people have experience in, but it's also the being really with the brand being really sort of clear about how you're representing the brand. So across all of our events, there is that extra level of we have to make sure that we are being really, really careful to represent the brand in a positive light and also think about the people. So, for example, Age UK, um, we are supporting older people. So all of our events have to be accessible. They have to be suitable for older people because we can't we can't be saying that we're helping older people and then just do events that just don't cater for older people so that is something that really and it sounds silly because you think oh yeah of course when I started and I was doing conferences that weren't necessarily for sort of a public audience they're more internal I still had to be really really key about making sure that we were thinking and making it all really appropriate for all audiences and so I think that's something that obviously as I say in other 
in other um, events roles, you would have to think about that. But it's really important because charity um, sort of being in the charity sector, the opinion of the charity can go up and down very quickly. Yeah. So we have to make sure that everything we are doing is just, yeah, it's working for the charity and representing it in a positive light. And so that's something I'd say is really, really key. Um, no, I absolutely <laughs> agree. No, uh, 100%. You're right. You're absolutely right. Because you could be putting on an event that could do reputational damage. And that PR and brand piece is quite key, isn't it? It's pivotal. So you're absolutely right. You wouldn't, you know, for, if you were doing an AGK event, you wouldn't do a rave in sort of Battersea or something like that, would you? That's not, I'm sure there are old, old elderly people that love the raving. However, that's <laughs> not, it's not quite right. And you're not, you're yeah. not being inclusive for, for your audience, are you? And it's, it doesn't fit in with the brand. So absolutely. I 100% I agree with that and talk to me about the sort of range and breadth of charity events because you know you talked about there there's challenge events there's conferences there's sponsored events there's awards there's all sorts isn't there so you could be working <laughs> on so many different things yeah so I think what's really interesting and I haven't got my head around it is different charities are very sort of separate in the way that they structure these things and I've followed the AGK structure but when I talk to people from other charities it's also very different so I don't think there's like a very clear structure but as a sort of general the way I've sort of been introduced to the sort of charity and um, different events you have the sort of challenge event so that's your could be the London Marathon we do a lot around the marathon and the London Landmarks half marathons and any sort of other challenges but also AGK have their own 10k that we do um sort of ourselves the Leeds Abbey Dash and so that's sort of the challenge and then you've got the community element so people putting events on themselves that we support them with and, and again the challenges they want to do is if they want to do bungee jumping or anything like yeah. that so supporting them to that so that's sort of your challenge side then the conferences side is more informational events so the for later life conference was something that AGK was doing for quite a while which is bringing sort of people from the um, care sector and all of this and government and um, people from government and a lot more of the informational and campaigning side of the charity yeah. was within that and also um AGK has local partners so a lot of the time there'd be I was putting on conferences sort of all about finance within AGK that we were telling all the local partners about so there's that and then you have your special event side which is um so you're trying to basically get people to support you and, and give you money through things like carol concerts so like public fundraising but also we have um corporate companies who are coming to AGK to try and sort of help out and sort of trust some foundations so it's that real stewardship events so just talking about it now I realize there is so so many different types of events under those different categories that it all sounds mismatch really but the best thing about my role was that I was sort of specializing in special events but I've been able to work on all of those different events and different yeah. elements like the marketing stage management celebrity liaison like I've done so many different things and volunteer management and all of that that I do have a real range of skills which I don't know if I would have got in any other kind of role really. No, I completely agree. Just talking about it then, you were making me think about some of the roles that I've been in and some of the teams that I've led as well. And, you know, we have a calendar of events or have done in the past, actually, not, not right now, because it's very different what I do now, but um, <laughs> that are the same year on year, completely the same. And you're just, you're just cycling through a, a, year, a calendar of events. But there, that, that sounds very varied. So you are working on different kinds of events at different points of the year. And, you know, your skill set must be so wide and broad because of that. Yeah. I think that's true. I think one of the things personally I sort of struggled with a little bit, which is why I needed the Fast Forward 15, was I was doing all these different skills, 
but I didn't really feel like I was getting stuck into any of them because yeah. I feel like yeah you had to have a real kind of breadth of knowledge on everything like procurement finance health and safety sourcing venues and I think that's why I needed the support of Fast Forward 15 to be like but what am I actually what's my role yeah. <laughs> even though it was amazing to have all this experience I didn't really know sort of what I was my role actually was if that made sense yeah um but partnered with the knowledge of okay so I am actually doing the right things that's really helped me and it's really made me realize that I do have a lot of skills that I don't think other people get to have an opportunity to sort of get really yeah before I come on to things like challenges that you you have to deal with I just want to wrap up some of the bits that we've been talking about there and you have mentioned some of these already but you know what what makes a really good charity event? What are the top things that do, are those ingredients that make a really good one? Well, you talked about it being, having synergy with the brand there, obviously, and being right for your audience, but is there anything else that you'd call out? Well, I think, yeah, I think I'm going to go slightly back to that, is that it's this, when everyone is sort of really together with that brand. And yeah. so, for example, I have worked at um, Love Christmas Carol concerts is what we do um and they we had one at St Paul's Cathedral and for me that was probably one of the best events I've ever worked on because we had about 2,000 people coming to this carol concert and all the celebrities we had on board were so passionate um they just wanted to support I mean at Christmas time as well that's really important time for the charity it's all about it's um all the statistics around loneliness are just unbearable to hear really and so when you're all in an event and for me that was just amazing because you've got people who are coming who want to give money to help you've got supporters there um your celebrities who are almost in tears because they're talking about how important it is and then with events like that you have the suppliers who go the extra mile because they know how important it is and so it is sort of li linked to that brand, really. But I think it's so important to have everyone invested in an event. And it just makes it extra special. Yeah. Because even though at St Paul's Cathedral, they do quite a lot of charity concerts. Like, it's not unusual for them to do a charity concert. There is still that sort of feeling that we all sort of are there to help. And that was very much what I got hooked in on, on the Shine Night walk I was saying before. is just that feeling of like you all want to be there and to support and I think that it does help when you've got people who are very passionate about it so I've sort of answered that by saying the same thing it's not <laughs> but, actually you you haven't you haven't because I'm sat here now and I'm sitting in St Paul's Cathedral at this Christmas carol concert which and I can feel it and what you've done is you've made us realize that with a charity event it's all around the hearts and minds isn't it it's yes. about it, it's more than just attending an event but like a conference yes. for a day and enjoying that moment in time you are there for a reason and a purpose and you know you're all yes. in it together because we're trying to help something we're helping a cause and yeah. you know I got that feeling then of like wow yeah and you, re <laughs> you reminded me of like elderly people at, at lonely at Christmas and things like that and there yeah. is a real cause there and that's what brings everyone together so that was a lovely yeah. sort of roundup of what it makes wonderful well done and yeah. um, I'm going to turn the corner now and talk about challenges because obviously the pandemic has, has really hit charities hard um it's it's hit a lot of businesses hard but in particular you know around charities and fundraising and events as well so you've got charities fundraising yes. and events all together in a pandemic you know talk to me about the challenges that that's that's given yeah, so that was, it was so challenging. Um, I personally, I was furloughed for a while yeah. because when the when the pandemic happened, um, the response to the charity was, we have elderly people who need to be supported. We need to host an appeal. 
And it personally, it sounds very selfish, but I found that really hard because it was like, I, I work for UK, doing events, helping people. And the most helpful thing I could have done in that moment was to stop working and to sit aside so that everyone else could do the appeal. That was very hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I went off and did volunteering for other things because I couldn't just sit in my house. But I think as for UK and Zotarity, it just meant that events just stopped because it wasn't the priority. It just absolutely wasn't. And I understood that because the priority was that older people needed to be supported and yeah. money needed to be raised for that and the services need to be rolled out. So I just had to put any sort of any ego aside and just sit to one side and say, okay. Um, but then as we started to sort of get back and I, in that time off, I'd been learning about virtual events and um, we started to realize that we did need to bring people together. But I think one of the main challenges is everyone's jumped on virtual, absolutely amazing. But quite a lot of people who are our target, or like, well, not necessarily our target audience, but the people that are helping older people don't necessarily have the internet. No. So whereas a lot of charities I know were doing lots of virtual events, we did virtual events for internal audiences. So for our local AGKs and things like that. But we've had to really think about other events that we do. Um, we haven't done our carol concert. Um, we didn't do that last year because well, we sort of felt that we didn't want to celebrate anyway because yeah. it wasn't really a celebration time. Um, but also, yeah, just practically, we aren't able to go out to the people we want to go out to because they can't all get online. Doesn't mean to say they're not all online. My yeah. my grandpa's like 92 and he's all across the internet. So there are people who are, but it was just all of a sudden quite alienating for people that couldn't be. So we didn't want to fully um, go online with our events. So we've actually paused some of them. Um, but it doesn't mean that we haven't done any events. We've had all our stewards events. We've moved them online and, and things like that. So we definitely have pivoted for some of the events. But I think it has really made us realise that whilst virtual events are amazing, they're not for everybody. And we need to, if we're going to do that, we need to think of a way to do that that makes it inclusive for everybody. So yeah, 100%. It, and it's coming back to your audience, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And how are you seeing that? Um, you've talked there that virtual events are quite important to some charities and it's working for them. How are you seeing um, events that you've been working on evolve as you're coming out of the pandemic now? What, what's the sort of way forward? Yeah, so I think, um, well, funnily enough, for our charity, because the local educators are all across the country, we had a conference last year, we pivoted it to virtual, and we thought this year, right, we can do it in person because we can get everyone together. And we did a bit of a survey just to ask people, and they all wanted to stay and do it virtual because they said yeah. for them it was much easier. So I think I would like to be doing more virtual hybrid events, um, but I think that virtual element will always stay there because it's a, it's a UK, it's a UK sort of thing and you've got people that actually prefer not traveling to London to come yeah. to these events um but we did having said that we have just done the Leeds Abbey Dash in person Yay. race which was amazing <laughs> <laughs> and we had a smaller audience so normally there's about 10,000 runners and we only had 3,000 yeah um, because I know that the COVID safety was just really really hard my colleague um, specialized in that and it was just really important to make sure it was a safe event um, again with the brand in mind we didn't want to be on the front page of the newspapers age uk yeah. have an unsafe event because we're quite a well-known name and that would pick up headlines and um, so we made it a lot smaller but it was amazing to be back there and it was really nice to meet runners who were like yes it's back again <laughs> so that was nice and supporting age uk and I, I think as well because everyone knows how much older people have been impacted there was a real sense of we're doing this and we're coming back to help people and yeah it was just lovely it was even at four o'clock in the middle of leeds <laughs> city oh. center in the morning i was like what 
this is great we're going to have an event yeah <laughs> that makes it worth the early mornings <laughs> and it's wonderful isn't it that you know that all your supporters are wanting to get back out there as well to support yeah. in which way they can as long as we're safe and and that's lovely to see and it's really nice and I know that will grow in 2022 as well and we'll continue to make our sort of mass um participants participation events even bigger again and starting to wrap up but I'd like to you know you've talked about volunteering earlier on and I do think it's quite important from a charity perspective in terms of whether you're working for the charity or you're you're recruiting volunteers and things but if I've got people that are sitting here now thinking do you know what I'd really like to get involved in charity events like what are the different ways that people can get involved in them yeah, so I think firstly, if there's something you're really passionate about, reach out to the charity, have a look on their website. They probably do have a volunteering section. Most charities, so Cancer Research, AGK, have volunteering sections. And there's various different ways you can volunteer. You can volunteer at events, but you can also volunteer in other ways. So I was a befriender for someone for ages um, with AGK. So there's various different things. And I think if you're really passionate about a cause as well, then people love to have you on board because you're really clearly going to give it your all when you're volunteering. So absolutely um, reach out to the charities that you have a passion for. Um, the other thing is there is a website and it's doit.org. So it's doit-org. And they, um, that's an amazing place on there. If you just look at opportunities and I think you just put the area that you're in and it comes up with loads of different volunteering opportunities. I think that was how I found out about the Shine Night Cancer research walks and that was all on there so and just have a look on the internet as well sort of volunteering opportunities with charities um but i would say um just put yourself out of your comfort zone it is worth it and if nothing else you meet other people i've yeah. met some lovely people um when i've been volunteering for um, things in my local area and things like that so um yeah give it a go i'm 100 percent I would recommend volunteering. <laughs> well, yeah, when we when we think about your journey and your background, it's got you to where you are today, hasn't it? So, you know, it's done you serve you really well as well as you giving back too. So absolutely. And I'm sure some of our listeners will take that up and give it a go. Now, Eleanor, if people want to know about you and to reach out and say hi and um, just talk about what we've talked about today, how's the best way for them to get in, get in touch with you? Are you on LinkedIn? Are you on Twitter and Instagram, anything like that? I am I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so it's Eleanor Mather. Um, Harding also I just got married <laughs> very confusing <laughs> but um Eleanor Harding you should find me and um also I have launched um a Instagram Eleanor does events it's very new so be gentle to me <laughs> be kind <laughs> that's one of my things on my confidence trip I'm trying to trying to get more confidence so I am on Eleanor does events um but yeah find me on Instagram or LinkedIn and I'd love to chat to you if you ever want to chat about it brilliant well, well what we'll do is um i'll make sure that that instagram handle is in the show notes and um, your linkedin profile so people can find you but before we go i need to say congratulations for getting married how exciting <laughs> thank you so much it was third time lucky because of covid but it happened <laughs> oh i was just gonna ask that yeah when you said it must have been this year then yeah so it was just in september so quite recent wow and yeah we were supposed to get married i think it was july 2020 and then june 2021 and then september but it happened in the way we wanted so that was nice. exactly all good <laughs> things come don't they and everything happens for a reason Eleanor, this has been wonderful and i will continue to follow your journey because i know you're on to, to bigger things and new things coming in the future for you and um, i'm going to follow your instagram account so i can see some of your journey um thank you very much for joining the podcast today Thank you for asking me. It's been lovely. Thank you. 
Oh, Eleanor, you are just a little gem. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing all of your insights and knowledge. I know that so many of our events professional community listening will have taken so much away from this episode. So thank you very much. After listening to the episode, if you are now interested in getting involved in charity events, then Eleanor did mention some really good resources to have a look into. So do your research, get yourself involved because it is such a worthwhile thing to do. Now, if you want to reach out to Eleanor, then please do. She would love to hear from you, as do I, especially because we're coming towards the end of the season. I want to hear your feedback. I want to hear what you want to know about for 2022 so I can start planning the new series. Don't forget, join us on the Events for Breakfast podcast community. We are on LinkedIn, we are on Twitter, and we are also on Instagram. And you will find me, if you want to get in touch with me, on my website, storymakerevents.com. Don't forget, if you're enjoying the podcast, then please subscribe on your usual podcast provider. And please, please, please give us that five-star review so other people can find us. Please take care of yourselves. We'll be back next week for our final episode of the season. Take care. Bye for now.